Welcome to the Fabulously Keto podcast aimed at improving health, vitality and quality of life. Eating real food in a ketogenic lifestyle. I'm Jackie Fletcher and I'm based in the UK. And I'm Louise Reynolds, an Aussie currently based in Bangkok, Thailand. Each week we will be bringing you guests who share their stories and discuss a range of topics which we hope will improve your health and well-being. Many of the guests, like us, came to Keto for Weight Loss and have stayed for their well-being, numerous health benefits and because they are living their best lives. We hope you will be inspired to incorporate these ideas into your own health journey so that you can feel better than you ever have before. Thinking about starting keto? Take a listen to episode number two, What is Keto and How to Start? Welcome to Fabulously Keto and this is episode 49 and today we're interviewing Christine from Black People Keto. So what's really interesting is paying homage to the African and Caribbean cuisines, Jackie. So that's something we have not really taken into account in in our series so far and it's really great that we're actually you know having a look at diversity in you know being able to have a way of eating yeah that's what I loved about what what Christine's doing and what made me reach out to her and and say will you come on the podcast because it was very recognizing I was recognizing that we hadn't had anyone that was doing keto foods for their own national dishes so Absolutely. And I think, you know, as we've seen what last year, you know, with the um, Black Lives Matter sort of movements that we need to be able to appreciate and respect and acknowledge a whole range of diversity in our cultures. And perhaps, you know, maybe this is our time to sort of say, well, as we, we always say, that there's no one way to do keto and we need to be looking at keto for or keto low carb or real food. Um, let's be inclusive of our foods now um, <laughs> that we need to be mindful and respectful that there's no one best fits model for any, um, any way of eating for any particular culture. Mm. So I think it's also being mindful that, you know, we have obviously large groups, obviously in the UK, um, and certainly we do have special populations in Australia, such as our First Nations, that, um, you know, would do low-carb keto completely different to, um, you know, to the mainstream mainstream keto. Mm. Yeah, and that's going to be the same all over the world. And, and depending on where you are in the world, we'll depend on what are your staple foods um but they're very a lot of them are very carbohydrate based absolutely none more so here if i walk out on my main street here my main soy and um you know seeing the rice and the noodles which has been really interesting for me is joining some local um local keto groups and sort of seeing how um, you know, they're mainly sort of based in Malaysia and Singapore. And um, I haven't quite found a local Thai group. And seeing how they adapt their flavours, particularly, you know, what are the rice and noodle substitutes and being able to sort of go, well, yeah, okay, I can see how we can make that sort of work, how I can make and adapt recipes, which I've tried to do a lot of the time with pad thai mm. um, like a noodle dish and then also with the curries so finding 
certainly going to the Western supermarkets and finding um, those substitutes that, you know, a lot of our American friends have quite readily and sort of finding that in the supermarkets here. Yes. I mean, I have konjac noodles in my cupboard, which I think are quite all right. Um, But I've been told that they don't have any nutritional value. So, you know, maybe I'm better off using vegetables. That may well be true. And I certainly found them and there's, and I recently just found a Japanese uh, uh, supermarket. So one close to the Western supermarket that I shop at around the corner is a Japanese specific supermarket. And they had loads of those konjac noodles. It was absolutely wonderful. And the salmon, the sashimi was absolutely delicious. Mm. So, um, yeah, which is really interesting sort of branching out and finding other keto options that are done here in in Bangkok as well. So the keto cafes. So slowly making my way into the community. Mm. Yeah, you can get out now, then can you? No, not this week. No, oh no. gosh. No, it's all all back to you know in no no travel, no interprovincial travels, no sort of yes, very very restricted. So yeah. That's okay. Let's get back to Christine. So, Jackie, why don't you tell us a little bit more about Christine? Christine is the creator and owner of Black People Keto, the brand and platform created to transform dishes with an African and Caribbean influence into delicious, nutritious keto dishes, alongside fitness advice and inspiration, with the aims of aiding the weight loss journey of many. By day, she works as a manager in the asset management industry and is also the co-chair of the Socioeconomic Mobility Committee, SEM, at her firm. She's responsible for raising awareness of SEM issues whilst inspiring and encouraging applicants from less affluent backgrounds to enter careers in the industry. She's an author and has recently published her first cookbook, based on the keto diet via her platform, Black People Keto. Finally, she would like to describe herself as a lover of learning and teaching, a comedian and a keto expert. Welcome, Christine, to the Fabulously Keto podcast. It's fabulous to have you with us today. Hi, thank you very much for having me. It's a a pleasure just to be here. Thank you. Yeah, it's great. And we always start by asking our guests, where in the world are you? Yeah, so I'm based out in Kent in the UK, um, really close to London, but just on the outskirts in Dartford. Excellent. So, Christine, why don't you start by telling us a little bit about your journey and how you found keto and, yeah, and what, sure you, thing. what you love about it? Yeah, sure thing. Um, so I started keto, well, the third time round about 10 months ago, um, and it my journey kind of began with COVID, if I could kind of put it <laughs> that really. So um, last year, March, um, I, w- I went in lockdown with, with many people and I started gaining a lot of weight. I already had a lot of weight on me anyway, but I started gaining more weight from COVID because I became quite sick and I got the virus quite early on when um, the, the idea of losing your sense of smell and sense of taste um, wasn't a symptom. So I had that before it was even like kind of like part of the whole COVID thing. So I was trying to figure out what it was that I had. So I started, because I'd lost my sense of, of taste, I started eating lots and lots of different food, or lots of 
food trying to figure out what can I eat, what can't I eat. And I'm from that generation that whenever you eat something, you finish your plate. So as I was doing, I was finishing my plate every time I would order food. And I gained lots and lots of weight within a short period of time on top of what I'd already had. Um, and so it got to the point once I'd realized just how much weight I'd gained, um, I couldn't know, I could no longer actually lose that weight the usual way that I would lose weight. So I would usually lose weight from exercise. Um, like most people think that you just go into the gym and you work out for hours, hours and end. I used to do that quite a lot. If I had a holiday, if I had a birthday, I would always do that. And I remember trying to do that with my, with my trainer and I just couldn't even get past the first five minutes. Um, I started to get really, really bad back pain. Um, it got to the point that I'd gained so much weight that I couldn't even stand up without my back having muscle spasms. It was just really, really painful. Um, and it was the first time, first time in my life that I was at the point where I realized that I couldn't lose weight from exercise. I had to lose weight from my diet. Um, and I'd done keto before and it worked for me before. But my thing about this time around was that I, I, I'd ha- almost had enough of being in that cycle of gaining, losing, gaining, losing. And I want this to be the, the permanent time where it's gone forever and it's not coming back. Um, so I thought to myself, OK, let me just do keto because I've done it before. But let me try and make it in a way that I can keep it consistent and keep it forever, ultimately. Um, and so I started looking at, at, at different keto pages and, and different keto diets. Um, and I couldn't necessarily find one that fits into the diet that I'm used to. Um, and so I just started, I thought to myself, you know what, I'm just going to start remixing all of the meals that I eat from my culture, from my cuisine, um, and make them keto friendly. And that, that for me was the best way to eat food that I'm used to, but make it keto so I can keep it consistent for a very, very long period of time. So that's kind of like how my journey started. <laughs> So when you when you'd done it before, yeah, had you just followed, you know, bacon and eggs type literally, thing? Is that literally you... bacon, eggs, avocado, bacon, eggs, avocado? I would have that maybe three times a day, um, and as you can imagine, it, it, once you eat the same food over and over again, it gets boring really, really quickly, and you can't keep it up forever. Um, so I, yeah, I, I fell off within weeks, I believe, but I'd lost weight, but I fell off. And I, I just couldn't keep it up eating the same kind of food, especially when I'm around my family and they're eating food and I'm trying to eat eggs. So, you know, and they've got like rice and, and stew and chicken or whatever it is they've got. And I'm just eating eggs and avocados or something I could really keep up. So I knew from experiencing it before that I couldn't do it the same way this time around. It had to be something else. Um, and I've done other diets in the past. I, I've, I've done a number of different, different um, diets, all, the, all the, the, the big name ones that I've done before. And they all had the same similarities in the sense of I could do the diet for a period of time, but the food I would eat wasn't the food I was used to eating. And I felt like I was eating overly, um, not even overly, just clean eating, you know, like meat and salads, you know, not necessarily overly eating. But I was eating foods that I couldn't eat forever I, I knew there'll be a point that I would probably fall off or I would get bored of it and um yeah so this time around I, I approached it a lot differently uh, I did a lot of research into the foods that I normally eat um the the core elements of the diet itself and really try to remix and um reformat the traditional foods that I would I would eat so I think it's be really helpful. Obviously, we can see you on Zoom uh, for the listener, just to give us a little bit of a background as to 
you're mentioning about your traditional foods yeah. and the foods that obviously your family will be eating. So, but for the purposes of the listener, you know, because really what we want to do is explain why your keto is so different. So it might yeah. be helpful yeah. just for the listener to explain yeah. Yeah, sure. what and why that was really important to you. Yeah, sure. So I'm, I'm from Guyana, which is based in the, well, it's based in the Caribbean. Technically it's South America, but there's a huge debate about that. But anyway. Um, so our food is very um, Caribbean based. I also have a lot of, of African friends and I'm into that their, their cuisine as well. Um, so I, I eat all the time Caribbean and African food. Um, and that those type of foods, both, both Caribbean and African are very high in carbohydrates. So for me, I try to find a, a place or a, or a page that had that kind of food remixed into the keto diet which is really really difficult to find there, there wasn't any out there that I could find that was just based around food um and so I just thought to myself I have to do it myself this this is the only way I'm going to be able to actually make it work is I'm going to have to let me at least attempt and see what happens um so when I began my platform it was all about me um just eating the foods like I would normally eat but then trying to change things so for example if I give a give one one dish that I made in the early stages um and I remixed them it was curry chicken uh, and and rice something that you would have a lot in the Caribbean but what I did was I took out the potatoes for example that you would normally have I took out the rice that you would normally have and replaced the potatoes with avocado and replaced the rice with cauliflower rice um and by just changing those two things it reduces the amount of carbs massively um, and then at the end, adding in MCT oil, which is high, high in high in fats. There you have it, your keto. You know, it was literally changing those two things, made a meal that I would normally have the same thing, but just with less carbs. And when I was eating it, it was you still had the same flavors, you still had the same taste, you still had the same experience almost. Because when you really think about it, the potato that you that I would put into the meal, it soaks up the flavor of 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 the curry which is the same thing that the avocado was doing. And the cauliflower rice, normal rice, doesn't necessarily have a flavour, it has a texture. And cauliflower rice has a similar texture. So in my mind, I'm still almost eating the same food, but it's, it, it's keto, it's low carb, it's, it's keto friendly, you know? So that was how I kind of remixed it. And I looked at, okay, for example, another dish that I eat quite a lot is, is jollof rice. And it was looking at okay, if I did it with the with the curry chicken, I could do it with the jello rice in terms of literally replacing the rice with cauliflower rice. Um, granted, there's less cauliflower rice that you'd have to replace the rice, but it was still doable. I, I still managed to do it, and just being able to do that. And I think when I, because I was posting my journey, I was posting everything we all ate at the beginning. Um, it kind of came to light that there was other people experiencing the same thing. Um, and as I was posting more and and like recreating more and using the my actual Instagram page, for example, as almost my diary, it became a reference point for a lot of people. Um, and it kind of just kind of grew into a place that people would, would, would like come to or ask questions about when it comes to those kinds of cuisine and trying to make them keto friendly. So, yeah. <laughs> Actually, I just want to go back to something and say, was there one person or one thing that that led you to keto first of all when you initially found it who who was that one so who, most people have a one that, yeah. that leads them there so 
when I first first did keto, I think I just found it on YouTube or online or something like that. But this time around, I remember I was with my friend and he said something to me that kind of like stuck in my head and stuck in my head to, to this day. And it was, how much do you actually really want it? How much do you really want to lose this lose this weight that you say you want to lose? Because if you want to lose the weight, you're going to do everything that you possibly can to actually lose the weight. Um, and I was like, yeah, 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 I really want to lose. Of course, you, you say that. And then we went through an exercise of clearing out all of at the time, it was just high sugars, high sugar foods in my house, um, which turned out to be high fat as well, as you would expect. Um, just clearing out those products out of my house completely. And I've actually got a picture of all the products just kind of like when it was laid out on the floor. And it was the realisation of, oh, my gosh, my house has been packed with sugars and carbs for the longest. Um, and thinking about how much money you spent on those foods and like now I need to go and do a whole new food shop and buy every single last one of the same things, but the have to restock. Um, so having to go through, when I went through that and, and actually seeing visually just how much food I've had in my house and in my home just consumed with sugars and carbohydrates, I think that was the realisation that, okay, yeah, this can't happen again. I, I can't go through this process again. This is too much. Um, even down to like the sources I was having, it was things that you wouldn't think would be bad for you was bad for you so when we went through that exercise and and cleared it out I think that was the real turning point for me because it was like if I'm going to clear out over a hundred pounds worth of food I I have to stick to this diet I'm not going to go rebuy everything again this would be the worst thing that's ever happened so it was that kind of that kind of point that really changed things around for me that it was like hey then you need to clear things out you can't be repeating the same thing and it was also the idea that I don't know if, if, well, I can imagine a lot of people go through this. I was one of those people that thought, okay, if I was to buy like a chocolate bar or a pack of biscuits, oh, I'll eat it in moderation or eat in moderation. You end up eating the whole pack of biscuits. If it's there, (laughs) you buy it, you're going to eat it. So getting that out of my system and realizing that whatever you buy, it has to be keto or low carb. It it has to be one of the two. Otherwise, it doesn't come into the house. That's my rule. So um yes and anytime my family comes around to my house they bring their packed lunch or they bring something because they, <laughs> they're not going to get anything other than keto and local food when it's in my house so yeah <laughs> <laughs> and I, um by the sound of it you live by yourself so you yeah. can clear out everything but i yeah. guess that was that was a real visual cue to where your diet was going wrong yeah yeah definitely it really opens it really opened your eyes. And I, and I, I suggested to a lot of people that, that I speak to is to go through that exercise, even if it's just not necessarily throwing it away, but bringing it in, making it visual. And so you can actually see this is all the food that you have. That's not great for you. If you want to do this diet, this is the food that you're going to have to not have. And even if you just move it to a different location or create a, a, a space where you have all your foods that you can go to and all your options that you can go to, See, I, I think how going through the exercise of just seeing it and realizing this is how much I have access to that isn't good for me compared to what is, that exercise really kind of like opens up. I remember, I, I think I was even probably close to tears because I was like, oh my gosh, all this food I've had for the longest just in my home that isn't good for me. Um, so yeah, I always recommend people to do that no, no, no matter if they live on their own or live with families to go through that exercise just so that you can see it because it, it, it really does help. Yeah, I in the beginning, I had a section of my cupboard where I put all the things that I could have. And so in a way, I sort of 
didn't look anywhere else in the cupboard, even though yeah. it was all there and the cupboard was open and I could see it. I just didn't look at it. I just looked yeah. at, at my section. But now I've got my whole cupboard to myself. <laughs> That's the best way to go. So you mentioned about your family. Yeah. How does that, you know, impact now, given that you've made this commitment, you've changed the way that you're eating, you've adapted, obviously, those flavours yeah. and profiles and dishes and cuisines. Yeah. You sort of said that your, your family brings their stuff to your yeah. house, but how does it go when you go to go yeah. to family gatherings yeah. now? Do they cater for you? Yeah, they, they do actually. I remember at the beginning it was kind of like, oh, she's on another diet, she's doing something else again, oh, she'll, she'll, she'll fall off soon kind of thing. And I think when they started to see me losing weight, but not just losing weight, it was um, losing more weight over a longer period of time than I'd ever lost before so they saw that I was consistent they saw that I was losing weight they saw that I was it was working and I was dedicated because I was I was coming to the house and I would bring um snacks I always have keto snacks with me even in my car or if I'm going over there I always have options with me um and even when there was food there if I knew that for example mom was going to be cooking some kind of food I would take um let's say cauliflower rice or a wrap and just wherever they're having just have some of the meat or whatever it is and then either put some cheese or put some oil or MCT oil or something I would have I would actually actually have to do once I once I got there and I think once they started to see that okay no she's actually being serious this is actually a change she's not really gonna go back whenever I come around to the house they would always um, make sure that there's options there for me or they'll just put something in a different plate for me and um it, it since I think since doing that well I know for example my mother she's lost quite a few quite a bit of weight now because she's seeing me doing she's slowly started to reduce down her carbs not completely got rid of them or doing keto but she's having less carbs because I, I guess I've been just every time I see that I just go on and on about how bad carbs is for you you have we have too much carbs and I'm just like always preaching so I think from from doing that from them seeing me being consistent and I'm actually seeing it work um they they themselves are starting to realize that hold on a minute maybe we are having too much too much carbs or um maybe this diet is really really good um but regardless of anything they've just kind of almost like accepted me as I am and give me food the way that I need it <laughs> really you got them well trained yeah <laughs> yeah 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 it was funny I think mom it's always like uh can imagine for a lot of people it was my mom that was the hardest person to convince that this is what I'm doing now you know and sometimes with with, with diets um it's quite difficult because especially when diets are really connected to culture and um, your background, it's really difficult to, for, for I would say parents or like, uh, or for like the old generation to really understand that this is something that's for health, not going against the culture. Um, so I think for me, recreating those meals and demonstrating and showing my mom, this is how it looks. It looks very similar, doesn't it? It doesn't look that much different. I'm not eating a completely different meal or I'm not eating food that you've never seen me eat before. It looks exactly the same, but I've just replaced certain things, certain elements of it that makes it um, low carb and, and, and keto. Um, and I think from doing that, I think that really helped with my mom and my parents really accept it. Because even like my dad gave me a lecture about about the food and culture and all these other things. He, he was giving me lectures anyway. But once he'd seen like pictures of me um, like changing the food and the food actually looking the same and the fact that I was losing weight, 
um they both kind of just like accepted it and was like okay they well you're eating the same thing you're not losing the um the traditions or the foods that you would normally eat you're still carrying it on but just in a in a in a, in a different way um and I think that's what what really helped them kind of like accept it that it's okay to eat the same food but it's just slightly different hmm. Uh, do your parents have any health issues? Is I mean, you yeah. sort of mentioned that your mum has lost some weight, but yeah. you know, is this actually, you know, in challenging the relationship? As you said, like food is love in many traditions. Yeah, like food is a yeah, way of definitely. culture and being, and it's very symbolic. Yeah, but you know, asking them to change to to embrace the change with you for health, you know, yeah. to, is is that a good motivator for them? Yeah, definitely. That's a, that's, a, that's a really, really good question because both my parents have had some form of, of health issues. Um, and my mum, from she's had to like lose weight just uh, like in general, but now it's to do with health. And I think from seeing me do it and be consistent, that's really, really helped, as I mentioned, kind of drop that weight. And that's, in effect, improved her health, um, improved her breathing, improved so many things with her. And on my dad's side, he had like he had a really, really serious situation one time a couple of years back with his um with his liver. And from that situation, he had to change his diet. Um and when he changed his diet, his diet was changed into into the kind of like clean, clean eating for a long period of time, which is something that he was able to do for a period of time, but it wasn't something that he was able to consistently do. And that kind of was something I used to always go, go, go on to him about, okay, dad, you can't eat the same kind of foods anymore. Da, 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 da. So I think once he saw me actually change my diet and make it suitable to our cuisine, it was kind of like, and, and then it worked. It was like, okay, then, well, that's working for you. Let me give it a little bit of a go kind of thing. Like he's, he's not all the way there yet. <clears throat> he's, not, he's, he's accepted it, which is a start. Um, but <laughs> soon I'm, I said to him like oh, once, he, once he comes in I'm going to make him some food and, and, and so he can see that it's literally it tastes the same if you were to close your eyes you wouldn't know what you're eating you wouldn't be able to tell the difference you know so mm. um, so yeah yeah <laughs> how would you describe the sort of the Caribbean sort of flavour profiles yeah. like you mentioned about the, the curry chicken so yeah. is it um, what are the key sort of components of that cuisine so you said it's rice plantain yeah, yeah. protein yeah flavors how would you describe the flavors so it's we've got loads and loads of flavors so we've got like for example we've got curry chicken we've got um stew chicken um we've got um uh, like oxtail which is also kind of like a stew or a brown stew um kind of dish we have stuff like macaroni and cheese we've got we got we pork as well um, we eat greens. There's something called like kololu that we have as well. Um, and it, it, our foods, they have a lots and lots of flavors because we put a lots and lots of seasoning in. Um, so that's also what well, season and sugar, should I say? So that's also like areas where there's a lots of of carbs in there, especially when there's when there's sugar. Um, and so you have like you have spice and you have like sweetness. You have um, like if you think about macaroni and cheese, it's quite creamy and cheesy. Um, we have like dumplings, fried dumplings, festivals, things like that, which is quite heavy in carbs, a lot of bread. Um, and similarly on, on, on the African cuisine side as well, there's lots, there's lots and lots of rice. It was Caribbean, there's lots and lots of rice in those cuisines. There's lots of um, meats, tomatoes, oils in, in those cuisines as well. Um, there's loads of like, we call it hard food, but it's like um, 
yams and um, like that kind of like root vegetables, those kind of things are quite heavy in carbs that are within those cuisines as well, both those cuisines. So if you think about it, our, our food is just heavily, it's just carbs really, it's more carbs than anything else. Mm-hmm. So um, trying to make it low carb is one thing, trying to make it keto is another. Um, to be honest with you, because we use quite a lot of oils in the dishes anyway, that kind of helps it to be keto, but it doesn't help if you've got high, high fat and high carbs, it just doesn't work. But when you take out the carb element of it, it really does make it possible for you to have those same food because the food and the flavors and, 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 um, like, like, for example, the spices, like we have swatch bonnets and, 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 and peppers and things like that. And, with us, for example, marinating your meat is something that you would do, let's say, overnight in a fridge to really absorb the flavours and the seasonings, um, the all-purpose seasoning, the garlic, the, the black pepper, all these things that you would have. Um, still being able to do those things where you have the flavours soaking into the food, is the, I would say it's the key element of, of this kind of like Caribbean African cuisine that's keto-friendly. It's still doing those same things and trying to get those same flavors. That's really helped um, the diet work for me and, and work for, for quite a few others as well. Hmm. That's fantastic. And I guess, you know, coming from the Caribbean or Africa closer to the equator, there's lots of um, cultures that eat very high carb foods. And I suspect that in times gone by, it was probably fine and people survived on it and they didn't get overweight and they didn't have the same response as us because they weren't mixing it with the western diet and the processed foods that we have around us all the time and I think probably as people have moved to a more western type culture whether that be in the Caribbean or here yeah um that you (laughs) I know know where you I know where you're going with it definitely because I, I feel exactly the same because I, I've got a theory and um, I've, I honestly feel, you, you know how they say stuff about having a balanced diet is is key. I don't believe that personally. I feel like depending on who you speak to, there's different, if it's fat, carbs or protein that work really, really well. I think a combination of two works really, really well with different people. Um, because for example, I have a friend who can eat 200 grams of carbs and be absolutely fine. If I eat 200 grams of carbs, I'll be on the floor. I, I can't even, even when before I was even keto, it just, um, it was just too much. And I, I, I felt, I, I feel like carbs for me is something that I just can't, no matter what it is, I just can't have too much of it. And I noticed that even more when I started cooking everything from scratch and getting rid of some of the processed foods, like, like you mentioned. So I do think there has been almost like a change in the quality of food that we can access and that we can get. Because like you said, if before, like when I look at pictures of like my like my mom and my aunts, they were eating the foods that I was eating. And they were um almost if I was in the show a picture of my mum, the her her look and her physique, she was very slim and, and it's only seem to be once we've moved and started to introduce other foods like you like you mentioned that things start to change because I would have thought obviously my mum being my mum like I would have similar kind of like of genes and similar type of impact from eating the same type of food but for me it was it was completely 
completely different and like, I started gaining a lot of weight my siblings started gaining weight as well not all of them but just some of them started gaining weight and I do think it's because of the food that we have access to um like obviously better quality food is more expensive um and and it's easier to, to feed a family on, on cheaper food that where okay yes it might satisfy your hunger and feed everyone but it's not the best quality and I've I've noticed that because a lot of people will say keto is expensive and it is expensive but it's investing in your health ultimately right it's it's making you make making you healthy making you better and for me it's it's saving money in the long run because you if you have health issues you're going to end up spending more money anyway so mm-hmm. for me I, I I completely agree that kind of like switching foods and introducing certain foods I do feel like it's it's money comes into play and then money and quality comes into play and that processed food elements once you take that away I think even if you're not doing keto or any type of diet if you take away processed food you will see a a really huge change in in yourself and your health and and, and what you consume for sure. Definitely. It's interesting that you sort of say about the you know keto is expensive and I think you know this is where you have been able to address obviously some of these concerns because it's really about making keto fit for you yeah and obviously not just on terms of the budget but obviously you know being mindful and respectful of cultures Mm -hmm. why do you think you struggle to find your culture's keto what is it yeah you you know when you were looking for those pages why was this gap yeah why was this gap there for you that's a really interesting question I think that's something I haven't really thought about but what I do think is what happens is with people, if you're from this, like if you're from like a Caribbean African culture and you're trying to do a diet, because the big names that you see, you think that's the diet that you have to do. You think that eating that way is the only way to be healthy. So there isn't the idea of let me try to make what I know what I eat normally and make that in a healthy way. There isn't that idea because I think that the society and and media and everything is just pushed into us that healthy eating is clean eating it can only be clean eating of of um vegetables and 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 salmon and a tiny bit of brown rice or something like that you know it, it it's been almost pushed into us like that's, that's only that's available so I think a lot of people don't even think to try and change our cuisine we just think that to to be healthier you've got to adopt a new type of cuisine to to be that way and I think also as well because our food in our culture our food is love like 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 I said that our food uh it's 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 love it's culture it's everything to to us and a lot of other other cultures as well a lot of people would even want to change it you know it's like why would you want to change a, a meal that's so great why would you even think about changing it so it's almost like that's blasphemous to think that you would want to completely remix it so I think there's, there's, there's those two elements to it and I, because um it's like okay but if you go healthy because you you know that what you've been told the food that you eat isn't healthy for you so if you want to get healthy you've got to completely change it there's only those two those kinds of views I think that's what's caused it to be um so difficult for people to actually do or try for me to for me anyway to try and find um and that's something I've also been told from a few people that that follow me on on my page is that they didn't think that it could be done they didn't think that for example you can have a fried dumpling that's keto friendly they didn't think that 
they could have um like jollof or something like that that has the same flavor they didn't think that it could work um because especially another thing as well it, within our cuisine is let's say you was to go to like we, we call it like the, the meat shop or or um certain shops that have food that that you could buy that was from like in your hometown a lot of our meals or a lot of the food are, are pre-prepared meals they don't actually have nutritional information on the back um so if you was to go and like to buy like um let's say bun and cheese or you was to go and buy gizzard and plantain from from like a local caribbean or african shop the, the nutritional information isn't there nutritional information that the breakdown of everything that that information isn't you wouldn't find in a lot of lot of lot of packs and a lot of um, food products that you would buy. So, and I think from not having that, and not understanding that, and like if you ask my my mom, and I can imagine a lot of other people's parents about those types of information, she wouldn't have an, a clue about the difference between carbohydrates, fat, fiber, uh, per hundred grams per serving size, those kind of things. They wouldn't really think about. And I think that is another thing that's that's kind of played a part is because we've just been eating food that we've enjoyed and not necessarily having all the information to understand exactly what the breakdown is whereas in let's say food that's that's in the western world or, or classes healthier that information is at, at the forefront of everything you know um so like for example if i remember i was on i was on one of the um i'm not, I'm not sure if you guys want me to say the name but i was on like one of those big um, companies that do diets and 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 weight loss everything like that I remember being on the app and trying to find um the food that I'm used to eating and it's not there it's not on it's not on the apps it's not on any of the the weight loss apps they don't have the, that food the nutritional information so you couldn't even even if you wanted to try and do it and use an app that you would think that would help you that information isn't available um and I think that bit is what's really or those things that's what kind of combined together it just mean it just make, makes it virtually impossible um because like even for me for example sorry, sorry I was gonna say even for me for example when I was um writing my book that was the hardest thing for me to do is to actually go through every single last ingredient every single last measurement and calculate all well not all the fats carbohydrates and protein because to count anything else it probably would take me a year and a day but doing <laughs> that in itself took months months and months and months for me to do because it was the amount of foods that we got that, that we put amount of ingredients we put into a dish and then the quantity size and then having to make things two or three times again to make sure I've got the right measurements um yeah I, all those kind of things together really makes it difficult and I think that's probably why a lot of people just haven't thought that it's possible to do. If hopefully, hopefully that answers the question. I know I've gone on a little bit. <laughs> but what I'm trying to obviously pick up, which was good, is the fact that there's a there's an absence, there's a yeah. silence, there's the lack of recognition, and the fact that obviously in terms of you know the community's you know health and well being is really important because you know nothing like a global pandemic to to bring to light those that are more vulnerable to to obviously to, to COVID and the effects of COVID in certain communities. So when we're actually not hearing or not responding or not acknowledging you know a particular um, culturally linguistically diverse community is in itself it is it is discriminatory you know the yeah. fact that there is nothing the absence the silence alone yeah. is 
um, speaks the volumes. And the fact that here you are, you know, well, where's the information? I need to, and you're actually recreating this from scratch. But, but coming up against one, the lack of information, but two, more importantly, you have recognized the impact for culture and the cultural values because food is love in, you know, with your family and having to sort of, you know, adapt that to, to make it more accessible is a real credit to you that you've gone Thank the hard you. yards for, you know, disrupting, you know, yeah. <laughs> and influencing. So, um, you. you know, well done for you to empower the communities. Yeah. Um, to sort of say, you can do this. Yeah. You know, I've done the hard work. Here is power information to make these informed choices for your health. Because as much as you know, food is love, but healthier food means that I'm going to love you even more yeah. because you're going to live long <laughs> and um, exactly. I'll watch you around, you know. Exactly, mm. exactly. That, that's so true. And and it's thank you for saying that because I think it's so it really is because like, I'm seeing it a lot more with a lot, with a lot more people. They're trying out different things and they're sending me pictures of, of the meals that they're making that's within their culture. Um, like I, I have, I have a lots of people from different cultures following me and it's so great just to see everyone trying it from their different cultures, from their different backgrounds and seeing that people are now realizing that it can actually be done. I think to be honest with you, we, one advantage, one disadvantage that we have collectively in the UK, keto isn't as big as it is, for example, in the US. We don't have as much access to the same type of products or, um, let's say like snacks, for example. And even if we do, it's like three times the price over there. Um, so that was already a hurdle that we, that, that we have to kind of like break down just the access of, to the product. So I think, People found it difficult, just for example, in that bit. But then when it comes to making food from scratch, that was already a hurdle. So it's almost like now you've got half of the battle almost covered a little bit from making and thinking about remixing the food that, that you do to make it keto friendly. Now it's the, the remaining battle is the products, you know, <laughs> the products that we really want to get access to. And, and, and yes, yeah, so it, it's, it's, like, it's, it's like you said, it's, it's healthier and it's healthier food that's still made with love. Um, that that is the focus and it's for me it's just great to see people really really trying it with their different cuisines and, and things like that you you would have thought that in america they would have had somebody doing what you're doing because yeah. there's lots of african americans there yeah yeah so why, why i don't know why it wasn't around but you've just found that that niche and you've really niche. tapped into yeah. it yeah the thing is i think there's people that do it but what i think happens is they do they'll make certain dishes but it will be like it's not a complete focus they'll make it like, kind of like makes sense they'll, they'll do certain dishes but it's not a complete focus like for me I've almost just dedicated my, my page to to that food and and fit well now now fitness because I'm trying to incorporate fitness into what I do as well because I know a lot of people kind of need help with, with fitness as well so when I was looking I would find almost like a few dishes but I almost couldn't find that one-stop shop, that that library of information, um, which is what I, which is what I've, I've, I've created with my page. And I want it to be like a library of information from um, the different types of oils you can have, the different types of even just vitamins that I take and things like that, and what everyone else takes. It's it's creating that one-stop shop for all that bit of information and all the different types of foods that you can make that I couldn't 
find even with people that I found in America, I just couldn't find anyone that was completely focused on on that. It was everything else was pulled in, and it wasn't a library. That that makes that makes sense. Mm. Yeah, one place to go. But I think Jackie also the histories as well. I think you know in terms of the um, colonial history from um, in the US, and obviously mm. there's a there's a longer history of. Um, you know, African Americans say from you know three four hundred years, but certainly in the UK with obviously migration, yeah. Um, perhaps since the Windrush days, for yeah, instance, yeah. you know, from the the fifties and sixties. So that particular sort of history has yeah. been more recent. But also, really wanting to pick up on your point that we don't want to homogenize, you know, just Caribbean, just African, because obviously North Africa is yeah. Egyptian cuisine is exactly. very different to Southern Africa to to South Africa, to East Africa, to, to West Africa. So even within saying Caribbean Africa is just like, you know, you, you've got all these regional you know, specificities and yeah. flavour profiles depending on those regions as well. Yeah. So, um, yeah. That's, that's so true. But it's quite inspiring. <laughs> Thank you. you. Try, your next challenge will be to Kudo-fi here um, in Bangkok, you know, uh, Asian, you know, like Asian <laughs> Kudo. So trying yeah. to make... Um, one cuisine which is rice and noodle based um with loads yeah. of hidden palm sugars as well is it's all those sneaky yeah sneaky sugars and that's where i can see very carb centric yeah as well. no that's so true because it's funny because i'm one thing I'm, i am trying to do now is i'm trying to well i've got a couple of collaborations coming up with with a couple of people to try and look at different areas because one thing that I haven't focused on too much for example is dessert so I've got a, a few dessert dishes that I've made but I'm more of a I'd rather have a plate of, of food than, than dessert <laughs> so I haven't really focused on that too much so like I'm, I'm actually doing some partnerships with a couple of people around that and around snacks and around I'm one of my friends who's a private chef we're going to be doing a collab around like private dining and making private dining keto friendly but within like the kind of cuisine that we like um but that's something that that I, I want to do more of is those kind of like collaborating with people who let's say for example if I don't know how to make the cuisine they do and we can work together to kind of make remix it and make it keto friendly and then demonstrate it and put it on the YouTube channel and things like that um so that's yeah that's 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 definitely something that I'm 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 working on and trying to kind of like build out because I do want it to be accessible to a lot of people um and I do want it to be something that people can go to and see the different foods that they have or that we make and they can see something that they can actually relate to so so yeah and and you've created so you started keto for the third time 10 months ago yeah but even in that time not only have you recre recreated your meals you've also created a cookbook tell us yeah. a bit about it yes I have yes thank you so the, the cookbook really came about when I it could have been like within the first month of me doing keto and me doing those different dishes and that people was kind of saying to me you need to make a book about this because um with 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 the food I wouldn't when I normally cook I don't ever I never used to like measure things I'll just cook and just be like oh this needs a little bit more of that oh, that's fine da, 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 da. and when I was asked okay what's the recipe for this what's the recipe for that I'm like I have no idea I just made it <laughs> I don't know what, what I've done I just cooked it and that's when I started to realize that people actually want to know how to make these foods and to recreate it in step-by-step ways and not everyone Things that I would take for granted, I'd be like, oh yeah, everyone knows how to do this, or everyone knows how to make that. It's it's not the case. Um, so yeah, I, I started um 
like writing my cookbook and it was such a it was such a long journey I went from writing in a piece of paper to then losing some papers having to remake them again then having to transfer them to a word document and measure everything and calculate everything um and it, it was a process it was a real learning curve to really see um all the different foods that I make and all the different foods that um I consume just how much how much they, they, they kind of like a nutritional breakdown was um but really trying to like the book itself is focused around um obviously Caribbean African food um with some elements of just like breakfast options or like a like a we throw in like a few other meals in there like lamb chops and stuff like that but it's like you've got like um patties um curry chicken and rice well cauliflower rice brown stew jollof rice suya um satay chicken you've got noodles wraps all these different kinds of foods in there because what I wanted to make with the book was another kind of like one-stop shops for variety of meals that are both well that are breakfast mains and sides so that you can actually um use that book in itself because the book in itself has about 85 recipes in there and it's combinations you can there's so many combinations that you can have with the with the, with the dishes in, in the book um and it still fits into the cuisine that you that, that we that we eat and the food that we're used to with just giving you breakfast options and main options and and variety of side options so um yeah the book has been been out for over over a month now actually and it's been doing really really well and I've been quite surprised by just how many people have um like really liked it people have been sending me in videos and posting them remaking certain things and because I remember when you when I was making it I was so nervous about oh is everyone gonna like it or is have I put enough recipes in there I need to put more and it I, it got to the point where the platform I was using, I'd maxed out on the pages, like 100 pages, because I'd include like conversion tables and um, useful information and um, useful like things to note. And it was just, we got to like the maxed out 100 pages and it was, oh my gosh, this is it. I can't do anything else now. I, I can't add any more food in there. Um, and yeah, so when it, when it came out, I was so nervous about people liking it. And it's been, yeah, it's been doing really well. And I've just been so happy just to see people actually making the dishes and showing me their, their their things and giving me reviews and yeah so it's been it's been it's been a it's been a long journey but it's been really really useful and helpful so yeah <laughs> and what's the book called so it's literally just called the the book is um black people keto the cookbook volume one it's just the first volume um and it has breakfast mains and sides um, I'm currently writing volume two, um, which has got um, a few more mains as well. But I'm also writing the dessert book as well. Um, I'm hoping now I know what to do, the best way to do it, rather than losing things and having to redo it again. Um, I'm actually, it's, it's going a lot faster this time around and I'm hoping to, to kind of like bring them out as, as soon as possible um, whilst I test out the recipes as well. Um, so, yeah. But I think, you know, imitation is the, is the, obviously the, the best form of flattery yeah. in that sort of sense. Yeah. So, you know, and it's a real gift, you know, that this is the vehicle by which, you know, you're educating, inspiring, and informing, um, the Caribbean African community to improve yeah. their health. So yeah. again, you know, this is the vehicle to turn things around for, for people's health. And it must be such a gift for you to receive that feedback. You know, this is this is what I'm doing, and yeah. you know, um, getting you know that's that's a real a real gift yeah. that people have this information now. Yeah, no, it really is, and and yeah, it's just been so good just to see people. I think for me, writing the book has really helped people really look at the foods that they make. I think I mentioned before, it's like 
them seeing just okay this is what I've done this is how I've changed it this is how I've measured things out um and even just like I know the nutritional information has been really really helpful because I also include like portion sizes as well I think that has really helped people think about not only the food that they make but just how much of it that they have because I think obviously when you're serving it's like you just put how much you, you think you you want and even if you're hungry if you're hungry it's going to add more than what you actually need and I think having that information in there has really helped people think okay hold on a minute if I have this much it's going to have, have this much of carbon this much sugar and it's really kind of helped them question certain things that they do and certain foods that they have um so yeah it's been it's been a really even just for me just like writing it down and having like a reference point um for if I want to make something I think about okay then rather than me just going back to just making it the way that I would normally make it and just like throw things in and da, 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 da. I I myself follow the book to make sure that I'm actually putting in the right amount of ingredients rather than just cooking the way that mum cooks and just like puts things in by eye it's like no I'm gonna do it properly because now I know exactly what it was I'm gonna stick to it as well so it's 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 helping myself as well just to kind of like stay within my portion sizes and my ingredient sizes as well so yeah but I remember in our we had an earlier conversation and I think, you know, you, you described yourself as an advocate or you had been measured or typified or, you know, tested and you have this very high advocacy role. So this is really you, yeah. you being the influencing, disrupting advocate yeah. for, for the community. Yeah, yeah. I think it's, it's funny because I think it's in... I think it's in my nature, to be honest. I remember, I don't know if you guys have ever done one of those, any of those, those personality tests. Um, they've got like 16 different personalities. And I came out as an advocate in <laughs> the personality test. And I think it kind of, it's who I am in, in general, because as, alongside um, like what I do with keto, um, my day job, I'm a manager in, in, in an asset management firm. And I also um, co-chair to a social mobility committee. So for me, I've always been, looking for ways to, to to help where I can if I have the ability to do that and for example in my in, like in, in my day job I've gotten into um the asset management world which is something that a lot of people try to get into and I don't even in my industry I don't I'm not a common looking person in my industry you know I'm female and I'm black so it's like okay then well you've got in there how did you get in there and it's really trying to make it what I do with STEM is not only just like like women or, or, or black people, it's people from a social um, diverse or disadvantaged background that I really campaign for. So it's like, it's, it's, for example, students who are doing really, really well at school, but they don't see people from their backgrounds going into particular areas of, 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 of roles and different, different jobs. And that's one thing that I try to do within the work that I do there is create platforms create opportunities for them to see people and meet people that are in those areas for example the law marketing asset management whatever it is they can meet those people and see and, and they can speak to them about how they got into that journey and just to give them some experience give them some kind of tips um different things interview preps whatever it is that, that I can do is something that I, I do within within my um within my committee um so it, I think I've always I'm, I'm someone that I, I'm always willing to kind of like put myself on the line and, and test things out and do things for the, for the greater good. Um, cause, and also I'm the oldest of all my siblings, which 
makes you a parent by default anyway so you know you take the responsibility for everyone like from from soon as they're born it's like okay okay, okay fine, fine fine so it's like you just I think I've just naturally always been someone looking to to help if I've done something and I think okay it just can help someone else I always try to, to kind of like pass on the knowledge in in some kind of way um and yeah I think it's just this I, I find it comfortable you know like, like, this is my comfort zone to to, to help um so so yeah <laughs> but I think it what it really recognizes is that again you know any keto journey your keto journey is different to my keto mm. journey because you know yeah. that there was these really big structural things like you know food is love food is a family yeah. food is this is our you know, our way and that your keto needed to be different to to my keto and the missing link was obviously the information because as we know you know in, you know knowledge is power but you know having to go back to square one to recreate that and now you've got a vehicle for that yeah. you've got your social media platforms you've got the youtubes you've got the um you know the book that's the sort of stuff that that's that's so integral to being able to share that with you know with the with the community is is a real it's fantastic and, I, you know, and Jackie's keto is different to my keto. So, you know, we don't all keto the same and neither should we. Yeah. You know, this isn't just a blanket um, a blanket thing because in not recognising, as you said, being able to do this, to commit to this consistently yeah. and successfully. So tell us, you know, you're, you know, 10 months down the track, how, you know, how, how have you improved? You know, what are the things that you've seen now? being able to, yeah. to find your keto journey? Yeah, I think for me, um, so one of the things that I did at the start of my journey was I decided that I wasn't going to count every single calorie or every single micro. The biggest thing I was going to focus on was making sure that my carbs was low. So I got to, um, I remember I tested it outside at 15 pounds, so I started to like lower it down and I got to about 30 grams of carbs is my manageable amount that I can enjoy food and I, anything above that will throw me out of the kind of thing. So for me, my biggest thing was trying to figure out a way to eat normally, just by default, not even thinking about it, that was just keto and it felt normal. That, that was the biggest thing for me. So I was, yes, yeah, so I would, I would literally just eat food and see how my body would react. Um, so I would I was losing weight because obviously I was eating less carbs but then when it got to, to a, a, like if I was like plateauing at, a, at all I would change certain things and be like okay let me let me increase my fats and lower my protein and see what happens then and then I was doing a lot of that to try and figure out my body and I think that's one thing I, I, I always suggest to people is that I think the one of the biggest mistakes that we make it with diets is that fact that it's a diet it's not a lifestyle change rather like it, we think that we can just do it for a short period of time and then that's it you know you, you think yep okay fine I, I lose the weight I've got down to my weight and then that's it see you later diet I'm back to eating how I'm gonna eat no it has you have to change your lifestyle there's no other way to it otherwise you're going to be in a diet for the rest of your life so for me it was really kind and of you're like, going to put all the weight back on anyway yeah, yeah whatever exactly. diet you do exactly so for me it was like okay I'm going to make this a lifestyle change with no end date is just going to be I'm changing my food and whenever I lose the weight or lose all the weight is whenever I lose all the weight I've got no holiday plans we're in lockdown we're not going anywhere 
just focus on losing the weight. So for me, that was how my mindset was. And the more that time has gone on, I now, I know exactly what my body's like. I know there'll be days where I'll do OMAD like one meal a day, or I'll know there'll be days where I'm eating three meals a day. Or, um, and I don't mind either way. If I, if I, like yesterday, I had a whole bunch of food and the day before that I had hardly anything. And I don't get worried about days where I feel like I've eaten too much or days where I feel like I'm not eating too little because it's my body just being my body and craving or needing food when it needs food. Um, and I think that's one thing that I've noticed the, the most about myself. And that's how I've improved the most with, with the diet. It's not being, too hard on myself because I think that's one thing as well that people do when they're when they're in diets and especially when you look at scales for example I don't I don't step on the scales like I step on the scales maybe once a month if that now it used to be once every three weeks but now it's like once a month because when you really think about it you don't it's I think people you don't necessarily want to be a particular weight you want to look a particular way so it's like if someone says to you, okay, then you're going to weigh 200 pounds, but you're going to look exactly how you're going to look, are you going to say no? No, you're going to accept that 200 pounds and be like how, look the way that you want to look. So for me, I don't even care too much about how much I weigh. It's how how do I look? So I take pictures and things like that. And I've gotten to the stage where now, because I've been doing it for so long, I know that, for example, in the test, like, you know, I can say, I've got, there'll be days where I'll eat a lot or days where I won't eat a lot. As long as I keep my carbs low and my fats high, I'll just sometimes I'll just have like a spoonful of MCT or just because I feel like I have enough fat as long as I do that and then I make sure that when if I'm if I'm if I'm eating or if I'm going somewhere I have my vitamins I have my water and I've seen the impact of those things and I think now that I've been doing it for so long it's it's become so default to me to just to have have things around have water around have my vitamins have have uh, another thing as well I would say that I've learned the most and I've improved on is having options readily available. Um, I used to buy snacks and keto desserts only when I needed them. Whereas now I've got an excess of them everywhere. Everywhere is in my car, my mom's house. It's, um, it's my brother's got some, every, everyone's got something that, that food for me, wherever I need to go. So it's never, um I think once you have those kind of options available and it's not just let's say it's not just three options it's multiple there's so much food that I haven't even eaten yet because it's just there having that around really really helps because it means that no matter how hungry you are no matter what you're craving there's something there for you to have um and I think those are the things I've really really improved on and that's how my own journey has really changed is from having those options and having um knowing that my body is going to act the way my body's going to act as long as I'm consistent my body's going to tell me when I'm hungry and I'm going to eat when I'm hungry and I'm not going to eat when I'm not hungry because I don't need to so those are the things I would say that's really really helped and changed. Do you test um, your like you said you, you know that you're in ketosis are you blood yeah. testing? No I was oh. using the I've been using the unit the, the um, urine strips before um and I stopped using them because I saw well, I stopped using them as often so I feel like it was becoming a habit as well where I was constantly checking and checking and obviously with with, um, with ketones not all of them that when you use the, the urine strips is tested for the excess it's not necessarily Absolutely. testing for yeah. you being in it so the days when I'll be like oh this 
yesterday was stronger. I'll be going crazy and trying to think, okay, what did I do wrong? But it's, it's literally, my body is probably using the ketones <laughs> rather than expending mm, the excess one. So, yeah. And did you, do you use like a tracking app? You said about keeping your carbs low. Do you, MyFitnessPal? No, carb no. I, well, I use them, if I'm, if I'm doing a challenge, for example, or if I'm doing like a week to kind of show people, okay, this is, this is how much I eat, I'll use it then. But usually I just calculate in my head. Like, I think once, once you've done as many diets as, as, as I've done, you know the breakdown of, you know how much carbs and calories are in an egg or whatever you're about to eat. Um, and obviously with my book as well, when I make food that's from that, I, I use, I stick sure. to the book and I stick to what I'm using. I know by the end of it, okay, this is how much I've had. And I just keep a count in my head. Um, I think once I've got, it just makes things a lot easier because it means if I go out somewhere, I know that I can, I've already eaten 15 grams of carbs. I've got 15 to spare. What can I have? kind of thing you know so so yeah so you mentioned before about fitness tell us how you're using that now yeah with on your instagram and and your other social media yeah and and how are you incorporating it into your life yeah sure so like um like when i said when i started keto i remember like, like i mentioned like i was really really big to the point that i couldn't exercise anymore um and one thing that i did and i always kind of like suggest to people is when you are changing your diet, change the diet first and then do the fitness. When you do both at the same time, it's not only is it one difficult to keep up to both of them at the same time, but two, when you exercise, you end up eating more and people start eating more than what they would normally eat in a diet. And it's like, okay, get used to the diet first or get used to the lifestyle change first and then go to the exercise element. So I didn't exercise, I would say, for like maybe like the first one, first two months, maybe up to two months. Um, so I was literally just focusing on my diet and on losing the weight. And it's a shame because I remember when I was at my biggest, I only saw like one or two people. I didn't really see a lot of people and I didn't take any pictures at all because I was just like, this, I don't even want to look in the mirror, let alone take a picture. Um, so I remember when I started doing some kind of exercise, I'd already lost a bit of weight. And that's when I started tacking and taking some pictures here and there, that pictures I could, ex- I could accept when I looked at them rather than looking at them to leave them straight away um and the first bit of exercise that I did was was walking um and that was only because that's all I could do because even with walking let's say for 20 minutes the back pain I would have by the end of that was just crazy and I would have to stop and I just remember saying to myself okay I'm just going to walk every single day and just get better at walking and then once I finish walking I'm going to slowly kind of increase what I'm doing um so I was walking daily for, for a month or two and slowly my back pain, my back pain had gotten better from just changing my diet, but it was still there niggling, niggling in the background. And once it was, it was getting a bit better, I was able to then kind of like increase the speed of which I was walking and um, mm-hmm. increase the distances which I was doing. And I saw that I was losing weight from, from that and I could see that my body was changing from that. Um, and then I started looking at, okay, then I remember before when I was on my weight loss journey, like a few years back, I, um, I was running and I developed something called Morton's called um called Morton's neuroma in my in my toe and it was just when I was running before I was running with too much weight on me which meant that as I was running my toes were squeezing and it was squeezing a, a nerve in my toe and that nerve just started to be inflamed and it just got bigger and bigger and bigger and it got to the point that I just couldn't walk for a couple of months and that was what stopped my my weight loss journey that time round 
So I knew if I was going to get into running or anything like that, I had to do it gradually. And it couldn't be the way that I was running before. So I wanted to do running, but I, I, don't, I didn't think I was there yet after I started like my, my walking and my walking was getting better. Um, and then I discovered skipping on YouTube and, and people doing like a two week skipping challenge. And I was like, oh, OK, let me try to start. And I remember buying a skipper rope and um, it was one that would count for you because I was like, there's no way I can count to a thousand. If I count to a thousand, I'm going to be at a thousand after a hundred. But I can't count beyond that. You know, who can? Switching with breathing heavy, you know, no thanks. So I was like, I'm going to get a skipper rope that can count for you. And I bought that. And um when I started skipping, like the first 10, I was out of breath. And I was like, how the hell do people do this? How do they do this? But I was really determined to to keep going. Because one thing that skipping allowed me to do is I could skip outside my house. Um, and where I live is really, really quiet. So only like a couple of my neighbours would see me. Um, and I was happy with that. I didn't have to go to the gym. I didn't have to see anyone else. No one had to sort see me. And because uh, I was still quite conscious how I was looking. So it was just meant that I could just skip outside my house and no one saw me. Um, and I was, yeah, I was, I was skipping and it, I got to the point where I was like 100, I was at 500 and then I managed to get to 1,000. And then when I got to 1,000, it was just like, okay, then every day I'm skipping 1,000, skipping 1,000. And that was my only workout every day. And um, at first, when I got to 1,000, it was looking at, okay, then not only 1,000, but the time I, it took me to do it. I was focusing on, on the time and I, know I was documenting it. And um, uh, I remember people being really interested to see, okay, you've got a process today. And I'm like, everyone's interested in it. Okay, that's just cool. And then um, I decided to do a skipping challenge with, with everyone. And I, I had like a, um, the first skipping challenge I had, I think maybe had like 20 or 30 people jump on the, the challenge. I was like, oh my gosh, this is, this is amazing. Um, and we were skipping, everyone was skipping. And like, I was a, it was a 14 day skipping challenge and I gave away like an Amazon voucher. And as I was doing that with everyone else, my fitness was, was getting better. And then I started doing 2000 skips a day and then it gradually got to 3000 and it gradually got to 4000. And I started to realize, okay, then you're getting a lot fitter than like right now. So I was walking, um, occasionally now cause I was more skipping now and I was skipping a lot. And then, um, I've got a personal trainer that I would see every um like once a week but because I was my, my health or my, my fitness wasn't that great I didn't see him that much at that time and then um we started I started training with him again every week and it was focused on on cardio and I was getting he can see that I was getting better I was getting a little bit fitter and then um we started looking at at, at weights and I started doing running and I started doing um um like what's it called again my bike is right there spin spin bike uh on my own rather than with him and I started doing those things and because I, I was realized like I would skip and I'll get to like 3,000 and then I was doing that for like several weeks and then my body would almost get used to it so I would then change it up I'll go into the bike and then I'll be doing spinning and whatnot um every every day or every other day but I kept skipping even when I was doing the bike, because I just liked how like skipping changed my body. Because within two weeks of skipping, you see a change in your body. Um, and so I just kept skipping, and it wasn't like necessarily three thousand; it was like a thousand a day. And I've been doing that um, for a while now. And then I finally kind of like built up the courage to do a run. And I remember the first run I did, I managed to do like a one k run, and then it slowly went up to like three k. And I went running with my with my little sister, and she was um, training for a marathon, a half marathon. 
And um, she was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm going to take you. I'll take you running and we're going to do, we're going to see how we can go. And by this time, I was maybe, I could have been, I could have been like four or five months into my like fitness journey alongside my keto journey. And I've never, ever done a 5K ever. Um, and I remember I was running with her. And as I was running with her, she was teaching me as I was running um, things like when you're running, it's not about your, it's not about the pace. It's about just finishing and being and just continuing to run. Something I never knew. I've always been about pace. Um, and then she taught me about like breathing and and your stance and not landing too hard and things like that. So all these things I was learning from her. And um, slowly she managed to get me to, to a 5K. Um, and I was like, oh, my gosh, I've never done a 5K in my life. Um, and as I was sharing that, I, I saw that a lot of people was kind of going through the same thing. And there was that whole couch to, is it, what was it? Couch, couch to 5K. 5K. Yeah, couch to 5K yeah. thing that people was doing. And, um, yeah, so I, it was almost like, okay, then I've got the food going on here and the fitness going on here. And at the beginning of, even like before I even started everything like with my page, I never showed my face for like a very, very long time. So I just didn't like how I looked. Like I just didn't want everyone to see me. You can see the food, but you can't see me. You know, like let me get to a point where I'm happy with looking at me first. And it got to the point where I was getting kind of confident with how I was looking. So I was posting more fitness stuff and, um, and yeah, it's just, it's, it just seemed like a lot of people was going through the same thing. And now I'm at the point where I skipped. Well, I was injured for about for two for two to three weeks because of my arm. I injured my, my forearm, so I couldn't skip as much as I wanted to. But now, in, in general, I normally would skip a thousand skips a day and do workouts. So or I'll go to the gym. And now I'm doing a lot more weights now. So I'm building muscle, which means I'm going to weigh more. So I don't even want to use the skills anyway. You just put me on. <laughs> so it's like now I'm doing like weights and now I'm doing um, my daily skips and I'm posting it everywhere on my page and it just seems to really be motivating people that okay it's not only the food element but it's the exercise element as well and exercise doesn't necessarily have to be like the intense exercise it could just be a long walk you know like I do like a long five 10k walk sometimes even um and I think that's like that's that's almost like a a journey of fitness that I almost restarted because I didn't know that you could exercise that way um so that's been almost like okay it's now my page is keto and fitness and it seems to kind of like go hand in hand hand in hand and, and, and help a lot of people because they're they're now joining the journey and walking and skipping or or doing weights and it's, it's really really good to see yeah and I think it's important that you that you focus on the diet because really that's 80 percent of yeah. weight loss isn't it yeah, yeah but then you still need to keep fit you mm. need to keep your body in shape for health for long-term health yeah yeah so. and as your body changes as well that for me that's another thing I noticed because when I started losing weight especially like on my arms and stuff because I don't my arms just got like stretch marks and things like that it's like your with exercise it really helps your skin kind of like almost it won't go all the way back but it will just it will like be as as tight as it possibly can and it helps really shape your body as you lose the weight and I think when you can start to visually see like muscle or things change from what you're doing and what you're eating it kind of motivates you to keep going and keep doing the the combination of the the diet and exercise so um yeah I've seen I've seen some good things from that. So how long does a thousand skips take you? Um so now it takes me if so it's, it's, it's measured two ways so it takes me about under between seven to eight minutes to do a thousand skips that's like 
the, the skipping time. But if and, I, and and one other question: yeah. Do you jump with both feet at the same time, or are you doing one foot then the other foot? N- well, now I kind of do different things. I can do like different <laughs> different tricks now because now with skipping, like doing both feet, it's kind of like easy now. But now it's I'll do like the different feet, the, the, like one foot, another foot. I try to do tricks just to kind of make the time go because I get bored and it's like oh, let me just do something different. Um, and yes, it, it takes about about seven to eight minutes to, of just skipping time. But if I trip up or anything like that, it will probably take me in total a max of like fifteen minutes to to get a thousand skips done. So it's really really quick. So it's a really really good exercise. Yeah. So I know that when I sort of obviously you know in going keto and then sort of obviously you end up you know you want to move. Yeah. There's this instinctive, intuitive yeah. thing that I've got all this energy, yeah. and then I can see how that you know you've you've been able to your next part of your journey was about focusing on on exercise. And as as Jackie said, you know the other benefits. Obviously, there is these other benefits for your mental health. Yeah. You're reconnecting with the community. You are going outside. You're getting vitamin D. Yeah. You know that you have these you know muscles, but particularly for postmenopausal women you know we need to have our lean body mass and that's why you know when i'm focusing on on exercise it's you know it's that weight bearing mm. sort of stuff so cardio yeah <laughs> I, I don't know but, but it, I'm, I'm intrigued by the counting the skipping the counting and i did love it at school like, you know, i'm just sort of you know it's having so flashbacks good. to Honestly, you know, school so good. <laughs> yeah but what what sort of really resonated for me about this exercise, you know, part of your journey was remembering that early in, in keto journey was that you, it's almost like you're agitated. Mm. It's like, oh, I've got all this energy. Oh, you know, yeah. like I'm burning fat, you know, yeah. for you know, my fuel and I need to move, you know, that there was this want to move. And inherently I'm a bit of a couch potato. <laughs> but, you know, today um, – here, obviously, in Bangkok with the heat, you know, it's coming into rainy season now, so it's quite humid. So we went to one of the mega malls and we can do an indoor walk, you mm. know, you set the Fitbit and we can sort of measure our steps. We're in air conditioning, um, yeah. you know, not necessarily going intentionally to buy, but it's a it's one of these big mega malls. Yeah. And, um, you know, we can actually still exercise and mm. get out and, um, and do that. Yeah. So um, yeah, that's that's really great. I'm I'm intrigued to sort of you know, I might have to have a look at a skipping rope now. Can I do that in my apartment? Do you yeah. think my my upstairs downstairs neighbours yeah, might no, sort of be going? Oh, no, it's fine. I, I, there's the heifer, <laughs> the cow. That's the thing. The <laughs> elephant. She's jumping again. That's the thing. I think one thing with skipping because I skip in my I skip in my in my house sometimes. Um, if it's if it especially when it was cold outside, I skipped inside. And I think one thing with skipping that um, I learned the most is. It's the landing, like literally, you probably come off the floor like about this much, and if you're doing it like the the soft way, and no one would even know that you're skipping at all, and it it, it helps like if you, when you're landing, it, it's like soft landing and things like that. So for me, honestly, I I can't rave enough about about skipping. It's it's such a, a okay. benefit, really. <laughs> yeah, in my taekwondo, they they say, oh yeah, you've got to skip but I could only do about a minute and I keep getting tangled up in the rope anyway. Yeah, no, it's fine. I was, I was literally the same. I, honestly, I was literally the same. And it's just, it's fine. You're going to, you're going to get tangled. You're going to drop it. You're going to do whatever. It's fine. Just keep going. After about, it took me about probably like six, six months to get yeah. used to like being able to just do it continuously and stop when I want to sure. stop. So it, it does, 
it does take some time, so don't worry about that. <laughs> All I've got in my head is this flashback from, I think it's the original Rocky movie. So, I think, you know, he's in the gym and he's just, you know, he's just doing the, you know, like, hook a boxer. You know, yeah. Like all the boxers do all that sort yeah. of trick things and that sort of stuff. So, um, I've, got, I've got Rocky music in my head. But anyway. <laughs> so, as we're wrapping up, um, where can people find you? So, you've mentioned about your... Your, your cookbook and we'll have them linked in the show notes thank of you. course but thank um, you. just tell the listeners your various social media yeah. um, outlet yeah, platforms sure. thank you. you um so so you can you can mainly find me on on instagram um at black people keto um i've i'm quick with my dms if you do have any questions just drop me a, a, a dm um i've got a tiktok account that i'm trying to build up and trying to get in with the with the young kids and stuff like that and that's also black people keto as well um i've got a youtube page that that we're that we're launching right now black people keto is all there um that one we're kind of like building up all the material to kind of get on there uh, and also Snapchat, Black People Keto as well. So those are the main, those are the, the platforms that we're currently on or I'm currently on. Um, and, but the, the main one is Instagram. If you do have any questions, we want to see the, the food, we want to see like what I'm, what I'm doing, the fitness stuff. It's, it's all on there. So yeah, drop me a message. Where can people buy the cookbook? Yeah, you can buy the cookbook. Um, you can buy it directly on the, on the, the, instagram shop that we have on the instagram page or you can buy it at um www.blackpeopleketo.com um and just go as soon as you go on there it says order now and it has the book right there or you can click on products um so www.blackpeopleketo.com um and if we've got a book there we've also got um a starter list for keto groceries and useful tips that we've got there that's available because that's another thing i feel like a lot of people struggle with is what to buy when going food shopping or grocery shopping so we've got that that list there available. Um, I've recently launched some like oven gloves that we're selling, but it's just like merchandise and things like that. But other than that, um, I also have an Amazon shop. It's not necessarily like my shop, but it's you know a collection of all the um the things I order from Amazon that's keto friendly, that's fitness related, um, and that's on the Instagram page as well. Like if you click on the link in the page, it has the Amazon shop link there as well. Is that the Amazon UK shop or is that like Amazon.com? It's Amazon.com, I believe. Um, but so it's, it's literally like a collection of all the things that I, that I buy sure. from Amazon. So depending on where you are, you can click on it and it should take you to, um, the, the link for, for your country and you can get the same. So it's like, so it's like, um, Ibrifetol, like sugars, um, like, um, pastas, dried pastas. Um, different things that I've, I've bought and tested out that's keto friendly and I, and I, and I, I like, so I just put it all there so people can just have access to it, including the skipping ropes that I use as well. So those are there as well. Great. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. We'll have to check that one out. Yeah. I, I certainly, when you're sort of saying about, um, like in the US and the range and the foods and that sort of stuff, I know Jackie and I have, you know, we have a little bit of FOMO about the, you know, going to a Whole Foods or to a Trader Joe's or yeah. you know, oh, to, God. to that sort of stuff back in when we've travelled to the US. So we, we yeah, we, we yeah. would be curious to sort of see what you've, you've collected in your, in your shop as well. But, you know, yeah. we've actually interviewed some, um, like Sharon Betts, who has um, a UK, you know, low carb grocery store so that might be um yeah, yeah. there's another resource that we've we're trying to obviously you know in the uk promote yeah. promote what's available there sounds, that sounds Excellent. really good <laughs> yeah so before we finish up can you tell us your three top tips that you would give to somebody yeah sure 
uh, my three top tips, um, one would be to be consistent. Um, and it, it literally is every day. It is consistently doing the diet, doing the job and just staying on it, no matter what you feel, the scales, no matter how you feel, just being consistent all the time. Um, another another tip I would have is not having an end date, not setting a, a time for when you, you feel like you're going to stop the diet or when you're going to stop doing what you're doing. It's just just doing it and re- and accepting the fact that it's not going to happen overnight. You can't say, oh, in six months, I'm going to be like this. Just 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 have a no end date and think this is I'm just this is what I'm going to do going forward and really getting your mind into that into that state and um, really accepting that this is what I'm going to be doing. Um, and I'll say my final tip, especially if you're starting the diet, is to, like I said at the beginning, take everything out that is not keto friendly and is not um, healthy or whatever it is or low carb friendly. Take it out display it so you can visually see just how much bad food you've had had access to so I think that is like one of the biggest wake-up calls that a lot of people had I know I definitely had by going through that exercise and really seeing just how much it is because knowing that for example like I said if you if you buy something that's high carb or there's chocolates or whatever it is and you say to yourself oh I'm just going to have a little bit of it you're going to consume it If, if it's a little bit today or tomorrow it's going to be consumed so by just seeing all the things that's not good for you in one place, that will hopefully kind of like shock you into realizing that these type of foods that shouldn't be available to me or shouldn't be accessed to me. So those would be my top tips. <laughs> yeah, tips. great tips. Yeah, and I think consistency is the key, really. Isn't yeah, it? that you you just have to keep going. keep going and keep going and keep going. And I love that visual of you know seeing all those foods that really are not good for us and yeah a lot of them are processed foods and they have the the sugars and the seed oils and the wheats and grains yeah. we really shouldn't be consuming those you know whether you've got weight to lose or not exactly exactly <laughs> but can i just clarify even though you haven't got an end date did you have a goal you know that's the thing i'm going to keep on going but was yeah. there something that was you know because i I yeah. need a goal like I can keep on going but to what end what's yeah. my purpose and that was where where you were saying um it wasn't about the number on the scale but it yeah. was my look yeah for me my, that, for me was my okay? look I'm going to keep on yeah. going yeah yeah my yeah my thing was definitely my look um like I, I want to keep on going until I could I lose so I I didn't like my arms I didn't like my stomach I didn't like my legs I didn't like my round face my face is very very round anyway but it was rounder and I was like, I just want to keep going until all these things have gone. And another thing as well, I had, or what I had, should I say, was um, I used to sweat a lot. Like, literally, you would think I was soaked in water if I was to go out. I would have to have, like, tissues everywhere just to kind of, like, stop me from sweating. And I still sweat now because I just work out um, a lot. And, and But it, I've seen a huge difference in that. And I remember my, my, my doctor telling me that you lose weight that will that will improve you get rid of certain foods that will improve and that's something I've seen massively so that's that's really really helped my my, my confidence store because I used to hate having to go out or anything like that thinking about oh, I've got to go out somewhere I've got to panic I've got tissue and every single crevice that I have just <laughs> sweat away my entire outfit um so yeah that's that was those are my goals just looking looking better just fe- feeling better and not having that sweating for the, like everything away you know like <laughs> those were my those were my mm. goals 
improves confidence Only as well. Only people that live in, you know, in, in tropical countries understands the perils of sweat in those places. Yeah. <laughs> it's the worst, honestly. And imagine, imagine when it's cold and then you're sweating and it's like, why are you sweating? It's cold. That was me. <laughs> of course. Of course. I can only imagine. I, I, I wish to feel cold right now. But anyway, Christine, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for your time today Thank and you. really making and bringing awareness to obviously and voice influencing, disrupting and really making the presence of um, your keto or black people's keto, you know, really bringing that to the fore. That's a real, you know, I can't, I can't sort of think how proud you must be for you know, for really bringing awareness to this. This is absolutely wonderful. Thank you. Thank absolutely you so fabulous, much. really. <laughs> yeah. Fabulously keto. Thank fabulously you. keto. Thank you very much, guys. And thank you for having me. This has been a, it's been a real pleasure. I, I love talking about, about keto and I love what you guys are doing. I think it's so needed, like a platform where people can hear people's stories, your, your journeys as well. Absolutely. I think it, it's just, it's just, yeah, we, we need that. So continue doing what you guys are doing. I really, absolutely. really love it. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you no, for coming you on. Keep- And you keep doing what you're doing. It's fabulous too. Okay, thank you. Thank you very much. So, Jackie, what did you think of um, Christine and her Black People Keto? I thought it was absolutely fascinating. And I loved that. Well, what I loved was that she tried it before and it didn't work because she was trying to fit it into some other person's guise of what keto should be. And when she realized that she needed to make it her own and use her foods with her culture, then it works. And I think that is absolutely fascinating that it works. Also that she's a inspiration for other black people who love Afro Caribbean food to, to follow and to, make i mean have you tried any of her recipes no i haven't i did buy the buy the cookbook so um that's definitely on the on the list of many things to to try so and particularly because i'm not necessarily familiar with the flavor profile of african caribbean so i will need to obviously have a look at um look at that so but it's exciting because i i absolutely agree that you know, trying to fit into a mould, you know, this is the thing about mainstream, you know, mainstream services, and I'm thinking about the healthcare system or people with special needs or disabilities, making people fit. And it's like, no, that's not what we need to do. We need to embrace and accept and, you know, make make it theirs. And it was interesting because I was inspired to have a look for some Dutch recipes because my mother um, mother's heritage is, is Dutch. And I tried to look for, you know, this is the nostalgia aspect, you know, the connection with food and memory and taste of my grandmother's uh, shortbread, so which is Bodekoek. So I was looking for a keto-fied version of um, of my grandmother's Bodekoek and it just didn't work, but that's okay because, you know, there's something special about sugar, flour and butter, which yeah, is, absolutely that, is. Really is absolutely delicious. But I'm not sure if it's just the, the sugar, flour and butter, but it's because it's from my grandmother as well. And every year she would, you know, cook all of the grandchildren and there's loads of us and, you know, with lemon or ginger, depending on, on the grandchild's preference. So that sort of connection as well. But I did try and look for a keto-fied 
um, bow to cook recipe. Mm. But yeah, this is, it's really important that we don't put that one best fits model is applicable to everybody because as you and I are, we're so different. And this is the thing, you know, that we need to embrace and accept. Definitely. Yeah. And I just think it's, you know, it's great. And I, I, the thing that she said about using avocado instead of potatoes to give that same texture as potato thicken thickens the dish that she's making is, you know, ingenious, really. Who knew? You know, and this is the thing, once we sort of go outside the box, then, yeah, we can sort of look, look for different, different options and make it, make it fit for, for us as individuals. Mm. So, Jackie, not well, uh, Jackie. Uh, yeah, I noticed you've taken, <laughs> you've copied my so and uh, given up on your well. Well, no. well, well, so, Jackie, where can we find the show notes for this episode? So the show notes are at uh, fabulouslyketo.com forward slash podcast forward slash zero four nine. It would be great if you could support us through Patreon. Go to patreon.com forward slash fabulously keto and you can choose the monthly amount you wish. Can you recommend a guest we can interview? If you can, click on the link in the show notes to send us your recommendation. Would you like to join our Facebook group? Search for Fabulously Keto on Facebook. Our Facebook page is called Fabulously Keto and you can follow us there. Or you can follow us on Twitter. Our handle is Fabulously Keto. Or follow us on Instagram, Fabulously Keto 1. Did you enjoy the show? Let us know you listened by tagging us in your Insta story or Instagram post using the handle Fabulously Keto 1 and the hashtag TFKP. All the links are on the website and in the show notes. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast, click the subscribe button. Reviews help us to be found and reach new listeners. Please leave a review of our show on your preferred podcast listening platform. We appreciate you taking the time and read them all. Disclaimer. The information in this podcast is for informational and educational purposes only. Nothing in this podcast can be taken as advice. Whether our guests are doctors, healthcare professionals or not, they're only sharing their own opinions and stories and this does not constitute a doctor-patient relationship. It's always best to seek professional medical advice should you wish to make any changes to your current medication or treatments. Also speak to your own doctor if you have any concerns about your health or you wish to make lifestyle changes, especially if you're taking medication.